Good? Well, some faces I haven't seen in a while. Good to have Deidre back. Hope all is well with you guys. Still working at Chick-fil-A? Well, I don't go to Chick-fil-A that much. All right. Well, I'll have to call over there, Gabby, and so I can get, get my order up early. Pre, not use the Chick-fil-A app. Hallelujah. Loopy? Karen, how are you guys tonight? Okay, well, uh, let's open our Bibles to Galatians 5, verse 5. Tonight, I want to talk to you about waiting through the Spirit. Waiting on God, but through the power of the Spirit. There's many times that we're supposed to, you know, the Bible talks about waiting on God all the time. But the New Testament emphasizes a lot on waiting for the return of Christ. And how we're to wait is through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and 5, and John will appreciate this, out of the King James it says, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now we're waiting for, even though we've been declared righteous in God's eyes through Christ Jesus, we're waiting for the full completion of that righteousness. And how that happens is we do it through the Spirit, Paul says. In other words, the Spirit will lead us from faith to faith, glory to glory, the Spirit will encourage our hope. In other words, what you hope for is what you can lock your faith onto. Because faith kind of, as I've said before, hope will point you in the direction where you're supposed to go, but faith will get you there. That you will believe God. One of the things that we need to ask ourselves when we're going through this world is, do I feel the presence of God? And if I do, then I know that I've been sealed according to Ephesians 1 and 13. I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I am set apart and a child of God. But as trial and tribulation comes my way, it's the Spirit that gives you encouragement. It's the spirit that causes you to hope for this righteousness that we will have one day that we will never feel sin again and all the things that go with it. Amen? Because sin causes problems. It really does. If you really was to narrow down all the problems in your life or in my life or the, your children's or whatever, sin is the biggest problem because it opens the door to things. This word wait here that Paul uses in the Greek means to wait eagerly. The Spirit will cause us to wait eagerly for the hope that's set before us. It's kind of like... A, 
You know, I always go back to sports analogies, but anytime I was getting ready to play a game, I was eager to get there. I was eager to get out on the field. I was eager until whatever, until it started. Even though I had nerves and nervous, but I was eager to get out on the field. I always wanted to get there early, eagerly or to wait eagerly for something. Now, the great thing about the kingdom of God is you can have as much of the kingdom today as you want. It's a recipe, if you will. So I'm encouraging you during this Christmas season, during when there's, you know, this... Um, Depression seems to be around America. All these different things are going on. I want you to wait and think about the righteousness that you will have on that last day. So what's Paul referring to here? The bottom line is this. We're waiting towards righteousness in that last judgment. The minute we stand before God, we're going to be declared righteous. And everything to do with sin and all the heartache this world brings will go away. I want you to know tonight, I was kind of running through some of the Derek Prince stuff that I have. And here is something that he says. There are two main ways which God brings judgment on people. Two main ways. The first is his judgments in history. God judges us in history. He judges us as a nation, as a people group, as individuals. He judges us. And the other is this. The second is his eternal judgment. That time that we will stand before God and we will be admitted into the kingdom or not. That eternal judgment. Go to Philippians 3 and 20. Philippians 3 and 20 says this. For our citizenship is in heaven. For which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is kind of bigger than what I might have on my notes, but through the Spirit, if we wait on Jesus, is let me just give you an example real quick. Today, I had some pretty active ministry sessions in the back room. And these people were ready. They were ready to get rid of some of the stuff. They were ready to get rid they were ready to get rid of sin and to step into greater realms of righteousness. And so what happened was is they were eagerly waiting for that ministry session to start. And as it started, God started to break chains off their life. And some of the things even in their finances that they did not do, I'll tell you how righteous God is. 
even though they did not do the sin, they ended up helping financially in that situation. And it had to come out. It had to leave. My point is this. Everything that we do, God looks at it righteously. And our, and our, our quest here is to live by the Spirit and wait for the return of Jesus. That's what we are. That's what we have been called to do. My job is to separate ourselves, or how about this? Our job is to separate ourselves from this world. Now, we can't take ourselves out of the world, but we can separate ourselves from the world. And we live with this hope, and we wait for this eternal salvation that we have inherited. The Bible tells us we are foreigners. Some translation says we're strangers, we're aliens, foreigners. That means you're not even supposed to talk the world's language. You have, you, you know, we're not to learn of this world. We're not to be a part of this world. When we, are, when we are strangers and aliens, God is wanting to say, listen, you belong to another world, not this world. This world should be foreign to you. It's the kingdom that we live for. We exist in a state, this state, this condition we're in, but it's only temporary. This world, in this world, we are temporary residents. The things of this world, the Bible says, is passing away. But the kingdom will last forever. Forever. We need to make sure that we are waiting on the right things. That expectation is directed toward the return of the Lord. Again, in Philippians 3 and 20. The return of the Lord. And what does it say in verse 20, uh, 21? That he will transform our lowly bodies. If he's going to transform our bodies to where there will be no sin, then he'll do it today, too. He'll do it today. We need to understand the more that we live in that presence, that expectation. You know, if you're expecting, you know something's going to happen, right? Let me, since we're coming up on Christmas... Have you ever seen the little kids having a hard time going to bed at night because they're expecting presents under the tree? They are expecting this big long list to be fulfilled. That's how we are to live in this for the kingdom with this expectation 
that Jesus could return at any time. Romans 8 and 23 says this, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption. For the adoption, the redemption of our body. Even though in Ephesians chapter 1, somewhere around verse 4 or 5, it says we have been already adopted in that salvation process. However, in Romans, Paul is saying, let's live waiting for the full redemption, that full adoption, where we experience everything that belongs to us. He even includes the redemption of our bodies. You know, it's amazing you know, uh, one of the things when you get to know the Holy Spirit, the very first things the Bible says in Psalm 63, somewhere in there, it talks, about, it talks about thirst, it talks about hunger, and it talks about water. Thirst, hunger, and water. So when you start to chase after the Holy Spirit, your flesh, your flesh thirsts. In other words, it's hard to die. It's hard to die to itself. Because if you've ever been thirsty, you can survive without food for a while. But you need water. You need water. So your flesh is the hardest to die. And then the Bible goes on to say there in Psalm 63 that my soul hungers, David said, my soul hungers. My flesh thirsts, my soul hungers. So what's happened is he's, he's able to get past this carnality, this thing of the flesh. He's able to get past this carnality, and now he finds his soul, his soul engaging or hungry. In other words, he's entered into a presence. He's had a breakthrough from the carnality into the spirit, and now what's happening is he finds his soul thinking, oh, I need to go back to that presence. I need to be a part of that presence. And then what happens is when it talks about once you have that total, total breakthrough, the only thing that happens in the presence when you get deep enough into the presence, there's no talking, there's no praying, there's no thinking about what, what Lee's gonna be, what that Lee's cooking in the kitchen. There's nothing. It's just, oh, I'm in this state that we will live in one day. where there's nothing but God on your mind. Nothing but Jesus. And then it's hard, it's hard to return to this world. But I live in the expectation that I will meet God in the prayer closet 
where I soak. I live in that expectation where I get past that 10, 20 minutes of sitting there going, where are you, Jesus? And I get past that, and all of a sudden, here comes that presence. And when that presence comes, my soul engages immediately. Oh, I love you, Lord. You're beautiful, Jesus. There's no one like you. Your soul starts to engage. And the longer that you engage in that realm, then you get slipped into the deep end. We are waiting for our entry into the full riches of sonship. However, we can have sonship now, daughtership. We can have it now. And it all comes to this resurrection body. All of it, Paul is saying. Through the resurrection of Jesus and the fullness of our resurrection, our body, soul, and spirit, let me just put it out there, we will inherit the fullness of our resurrection. Philippians 1.19, I'm almost done. For I know that this will turn out, Paul says, this will, he's in prison. This will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 19. Verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. The full expectation. Paul, have you noticed what this theme, the body, all the things that he's been talking about? Paul is fully expecting that God is going to deliver him. And he knows this through the Spirit. My point today is, wherever you are right now, just set a few extra minutes of your day and give that time to the Holy Spirit. Whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, six hours like Lee. Paul believes in the power of truth. That's what he believes. Truth is a power. If you know the truth, it will what? Set you free. That's a power. It's the power. Who is Jesus? I am the way and the life. Truth is a power. Truth is a person. It is a quality, a state of being truth. You enter in to this truth. I'm, I'm closing. 
This expectation and this hope and this life you live through the Spirit leads you into all truth. And whatever you need is already paid for on that cross. It's already been paid for. Truth is a fact and it's a belief. I must know the truth as factual. That means that is what's inside your core belief system. Divine truth exposes human falsehood. My wife's up here laughing at me. Distractions. Anyways, the truth exposes human falsity, human false beliefs for what it is. The truth sets us free. Last scripture verse for you tonight is this. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. The love of the truth can even lead to salvation. Now and in the end. And in the end. So let's live, let's wait on the Lord with an expectation of not only a future salvation, but a future now on what you need now. Live in that expectation. Don't allow your hope. To be to, to get to, don't allow it to bring you down and discourage you. Let your faith empower your hope. Live with that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your mind says. It only matters what the truth says. You can't believe God for something that's not in the Bible. I wanted to encourage you tonight. Live from an expectation. Expect good. Base it on the truth. Base it on the facts. Not what people are saying, not what you're saying. Be, an, be a stranger. Be a foreigner. Be an alien. Amen? Why don't we stand? If any of you need prayer, I want to pray for you after we close. I want to pray for Catherine tonight. Okay? And I want you to consider praying for her if she shares her testimony with you. But she's in need. She has a big need tonight. Okay?
But Father, I just thank you that all things are possible with God. And all things are possible for us who believe. So therefore, nothing is impossible. We just hope in what is real. That's you, Jesus. That is you. You are the real. You are the real deal. There's nothing, there's nothing real outside of you. Nothing. It's all deception. It's all junk. So, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let our faith grab a hold of Jesus and not let go until that day. Until that day. All things are possible, church. All things are possible. Oh, in Jesus' name, amen. Who I can feel the power of God.